Dicecast. I'm Ben Job, your host today or this evening, whenever you listen to your podcast at 5 a.m. or whatever. But we have uh, future elevators. I guess you guys are a long, long-standing Birmingham band, I'd say. Yeah, it's it's overall fairly new to us, you know, and to everybody else. But uh, you know, I'd say we've been in action for about a year. Yeah, that's that's a good enough track record, I think. Yeah. You're doing good. But uh, we've got uh, Mike who does some of the vocals and keys, uh, Rami and Bobby of Future Elevators. Uh, do you guys want to just tell people about how you got started? I guess with your with your with your band and all that. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting story. Um, I was actually in a band called the Grenadines for a while, and uh, we split up. And so at that point, it was like, you know, pretty devastating because I mm-hmm. invested six years of my time into that band. Oh wow! So here I am, like from scratch with no band and just like some songs and uh, some serious determination and <laughs> frustration, like energy that I wanted to transform into something else, you know. So. Um, Ended up like playing a demo for Jeffrey Kane, head of the label Communicating Vessels, and uh, he was into it. He was like, "Come on in, do a do a day, and oh, we'll awesome. see where we can go from there." And uh, came in and tracked Rome on a Saturday, um, built it up from the ground up with you know the drums, bass, and guitars and vocals and all that. And you know, at the end, he was like, "Sounds good. Let's do more." <laughs> so, um, you know, fast forward to the completion of the record and. You know, time to look around for band members to play with and stuff like right. that. Um, I'd always remembered uh, this guy, Rami, over here to be, you know, a good guitar player with Mandy Ray when he was playing with her. And mm-hmm. so I was like, man, I like those tones. I'm just going to see if he'd be interested. And it was like months before we got around to actually playing together. But, you know, it was just good to get your feelers out for who you'd want to collaborate with. Um, Did you have the tone set like... This is what I want the sound to be like when well, you were you know, doing this? At that point, the album was already recorded, so mm-hmm. we were trying to keep the, you know... The general feel? Yeah, the, they, you know, there's definitely things that we've changed and modified uh-huh. and some things that you just can't do that are on right. record <laughs> with, you know, so many people. Um, but, you know, I think uh, it was just a... It was a good combination of people that got together in the beginning. Even if you sift through some members over time, you know... We've come to find Bobby over here um, on the bass, and he's been with us for about six months. And, you know, I was devastated to lose the other guy that, at, at first, but then when he stepped up, it was like, wow, he's actually better right now. So um, <laughs> this is cool. This actually worked out really well. And, you know, uh, you know, as a band progresses over time, you may lose a member here or there, but mm-hmm. you know, when you get the core guys together, which is uh, Bobby, Rami, and me at the moment, and, uh, you know, we, we hire a drummer or a keyboard player from this point on, or I'm playing keys and guitar, you know, so the, the, the lineup will range from between like four and five people from this point forward, yeah. um, depending on the keyboard player. Right. But, um, well that change up in lineup can be uh, good for your sound too, just cause you get more ideas and it keeps it interesting, keeps it fresh for sure. Like every, every drummer that comes in has a totally different feel uh-huh. on things. So it kind of makes you play a little differently and explore different, you know, pockets live. So, um, it's definitely interesting. But, you know, when you have a depth chart of, like, four awesome drummers to choose from, then, you know, <laughs> you're you're covered, you know? Hey, that's you, awesome. That's, so. yeah. that's a luxury not everybody has. I've got four awesome drummers <laughs> to choose from. And, you know, they're all part-time in it. We we want to have a long-term guy, but you know, everybody's schedules are different, and we accommodate for that and keep an open-door policy. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, cool. So this, uh, this first track, Machine Maker, that's off your first album. Is that right? 
That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, how old is this album? Uh, well, I guess it was. Uh, there was a single out in September of last year, but uh-huh. they gave it another run beginning this year, and and so it actually the album came out. I believe it was was it January? Was it no February? Nineteenth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It you all, can speak it, up too if you want. It's been it's been delayed. You a few two can times. talk as well. Oh yeah, really you know. <laughs> uh, it's We're like shy. Pandora's box over here. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? <laughs> Shaking his head, no. No. Total um, silence. <laughs> February nineteenth. Yeah, was was the release date here in the U.S. Uh-huh. and then uh, April first in the U.K. And we've actually had a fair amount of success in the UK, uh, you know, strange enough that it's like, you know, the place that's so far away to get to, that it's doing better than anywhere else, like, you know? We have to get an airplane to get us over there, guys. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I think we're from Birmingham. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. yeah it's a new Birmingham good. band. Wow. Yeah. They sound like Americans. <laughs> no, it's actually in the US. Um, <laughs> but uh, That's cool. That yeah, cool. you never know when where your stuff is going to to blow up i had a there's a guy from huntsville named andy and apparently his stuff got really big in like denmark or sweden or something mm-hmm. and uh they called it trash music over there <laughs> because it's like more country like old style guy with a banjo kind of stuff and apparently that's the in swedish that's what it translates to right. mm-hmm. but they love him over there and he got like tours and stuff but I guess you just never know where your stuff's going to resonate, I guess, yeah. until you put it out on it's, the waves of the internet and all that stuff. It's it's really fascinating because, you know, you you write something or, you know, record an album and you don't ever know if anybody's going to like it yeah. other than you. You know, like you just hope that you like it when you're done right. with it, you know? <laughs> And, you know, if, if it resonates, that's awesome, you know, but you just never know where it's going to be. You well, know? <laughs> very cool. You, you guys want to tell the, the listeners anything about Machine Maker before they hear it? Um, yeah, this one, uh, I, I, I think I started with the beat on like my iPad, believe it or not. And then like I All programmed right. a beat on there that was like a little, you know, garage band beat or something. And uh-huh. then I like decided to add like more instrumentation in the studio and, uh, it just sort of came together in one day, wrote the lyrics to it in one day. And when we nice. were done with it, we were like, what the, what is this? Like, this is <laughs> Where did this come from? You know, because it's it's kind of a weird, like spooky tune, but it's also kind of poppy, and it's also like very ominous about like, you know, the anxieties of, you know, living a day in a life in the world we live in. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the modern times and just you know, uh, craziness of like population expanding and resources being limited mm-hmm. and just like you know, somewhere in between that and like being like okay well at least everything is okay right this minute i've got people i care about and and yeah. that like soothes my mind in some sort of way you know but um anyways it's it's, it's a wild one give it a <laughs> it's listen it's a wild ride personally for me it's it's probably the the funnest one to play live uh-huh. just just personally i you know it's just got a really good kind of crot rockish feel and like i i kind of feel like a robot playing it you know like <laughs> I, just, I love uh, feeling like a robot. Like I, I, a... I kind of like make my movies get into very, it. Very jerky and you know, <laughs> does like this one the, does your y'all's live version go very far from the the album or does it stick pretty close generally or it's a little different but it's different in a cool way I think more you know, <laughs> it's like a, oh, people have said that it sounds a a bit surfy live and I'm yeah. all about huh. that that's cool I like yeah that. Um, I don't know how that happened. We weren't trying that. (laughs) Well, awesome. Well, let's hear it. This will be Future Elevators with uh, Machine Maker. (laughs) 
And we're back with Future Elevators. You're listening to Spice Radio. That was Machine Maker, and uh, some some people are <laughs> are wondering how that name came to be, I guess. It, you said it's robotic, so that makes sense to me now, the Machine Maker name and everything. Yeah, well, it's... I, I'll leave it up to Michael <laughs> to... Where, Mike where, has the story. Yeah, where that, where the that deep name scoop. was Jeez. derived. I'm in the hot seat now. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> do you feel? Enough. Does anybody? Yeah. Do you feel the the pressure? Ah, man, always. No. <laughs> That's what this song is about. <laughs> uh, well, I guess when um, when I had recorded the drums to it, it just felt like um, like you know, like you were saying, Rami. It was it's very robotic kind of rhythm to it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I just kept imagining like an assembly line, you know, just. Something yeah. rolling on an assembly line is what the beat kind of felt like in like a factory, something being manufactured. And I guess uh, that sort of spawned the metaphor of machine maker, you know, and like, you know, if you're trying to make a machine, you're trying to build something, um, you know, like why do you keep trying to mess up me trying to just like build something strong here, you know, mm-hmm. and like all these outside forces in the world that seem to like sort of encroach uh, and intrude upon your daily life that you're just trying to like build something on, you know, but it's like out of your control. And I don't know. And then also in a sort of weird way ties in with like the music video idea that we have, which is going to be like making, uh, androids. Um, and there's like this guy that like makes these like Android sort of things. And uh, oh, cool. they're, they're, you know, come to find out in the video, he is also an Android. And so is his girlfriend. And you know, the, you're all like part of the system. You're tied in, you know, like yeah, the Matrix kind of thing. A lot of stuff to. Is write that a video that's already made? Can we're, people like look we're that working up? on it right oh, now? Okay, it hasn't actually. You been just completed. gave away all the spoilers for your. For your, <laughs> you know, what? it's more just of a, more of a preview. <laughs> just go watch the Matrix. The only thing is, you might not even of... pick that storyline up from watching it. Okay. The whole point we're trying to make it really abstract, and they're like, "There was just bunnies for three minutes. Yeah. I didn't. Where's the androids? Yeah, I mean, it's open to interpretation. <laughs> you know, you might see bunnies. You, know? <laughs> you never know. Well, very cool. And uh, your next track that we're gonna play, "Modern World," that seems like it's got a similar theme, like on this on this album maybe with these tracks at least was i was curious if modern world the track was that thought of when you were in the hustle and bustle of kind of life or do you usually make get these ideas for these songs in isolation or how do, how do they usually come to you uh that one that one was definitely isolation i think i was working at papa john's at the time mm-hmm. and my car just completely gave out on me you know oh, killed man. the transmission you know, one final delivery, it was over, you know? And then it was oh, like, well, less. now I'm out of a job and a car. And I'm, like, stranded at the house. And uh, at this point, I was married. And, like, we had a big fight. She, like, took off for a while for, you know, a couple weeks or something. And oh, I'm my just goodness. sitting there like, wow, I've really got to get my shit together. You know, uh-huh. like, uh, thinking, okay, so maybe I should just write something that's, like, the absolute best thing I could possibly do right now and make it really relatable and make it, you know, dancey and like, you know, let's say that is a pretty relatable. Like when your car breaks down, it's like your whole world has come to a halt until you deal with these like mysterious to most people Mm -hmm. problems. But you know, the the song idea was, you know, it started with a bass line and a beat Mm -hmm. and, and then vocally or lyrically, I started just thinking about how, you know, I really wanted to be a part of this, you know, more comfortable society. 
And like, I like to like not have to deal with this problem of being like stranded right now. And like, yeah. you know, this, it's <laughs> like, I just want to feel normal for a second, you know, like I want to connect and, and be relatable. And so I guess that's the whole point of that one, you know? Yeah. Well, that's awesome that you can make music in that sort of, that's one of the great things about music. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's your rock. A really you know? bad day. Yeah. And it gave you a track though. Yeah. Um, channeling that energy into something positive is right. I think, you know, how I've tried to live it, you know? Let's check it out. This will be Future Elevators with Modern World.
And that was Modern World from Future Elevators off their first CD. And I guess that's a that's available on the interweb somewhere. Can people track that down? It is. You can find it on iTunes. Uh, you can find it from communicatingvessels.net. You can find it on future-elevators.com. Uh, you can also listen to it on Spotify if you just want to hear it for free, which is, you know. People, people like people free like stuff. That, they so. do. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so did you know the um, Communicating Vessels guys much before you got involved with it? Or I know they have they have a pretty cool lineup of different bands that they work with. Uh, well, the band I was in before, the Grenadines, mm-hmm. uh, we were, that was the first album that I did in, involving Comves. And uh, they had had, I think, a few clients before us, uh, Saunders Bulky, Great Book of John, uh, the Iris Doe stuff. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, one of those things where like I heard some of the recordings that were being done on a label and I was like, wow, the production is amazing. These are great sounding uh-huh. records. They, yeah. they really care about like, you know, taking time to make something sound right. And I appreciated that enough to be like, well, if you just give me that to work with, right. that's, you know, a great starting point. Cause a lot of times you don't even get that opportunity to like make a, a record that sounds the way you want it to, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, yeah, um. You know, that being said, even after, like, the band broke up and everything, Jeffrey was cool enough to believe and, like, you know, well, maybe give, give this guy a shot. Maybe he could start over or something. Um, but, yeah, yeah that's I, awesome. I think, I think we might have, a, like, a long, fruitful relationship, you know, yeah, for, sure. like, this band and whatever other bands, you know, that I might collaborate with and the label just because they're such cool people and, like, you know, it's run by an artist, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Kane, who was... Uh, in Remy Zero for a while, and is collaborating with a guy in the church, uh, Steve Kilby, right now. And so he gets the artist's perspective on things, you know? He's like, yeah, that's he's great. been there before. So he's not like your normal A&R guy for like a, a big label or something, yeah. you know? Um, so that helps with communication quite a bit, no pun intended. But, <laughs> yeah. They made it their name. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That is cool, because there's, um, you hear, we hear a lot of horror stories of like, the the grind of making albums and the pressure and like when you've got that good communication and like that understanding that can i think that's really beneficial for creativity in general definitely did you did you bring him that future elevators name or did that just grow out of as the album was making or actually when i started making the record i did not have a band name picked although i Mm -hmm. had like a list of them all right (laughs) uh you know which i won't go into right darn it (laughs) darn it um, salsa boy? No, I'm just kidding. I'm thinking about salsa right now because I'm hungry. But uh, bandito images <laughs> of bandito. So, yeah, we're so hitting bedroom. the bandito after this. This episode brought to you yeah. by bandito, bandito burritos. But uh, no, I, actually the, the 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 name Future Elevators uh, came from the name of a song that I'd written a long time ago. It mm-hmm. wasn't even like it was just this sort of instrumental track that was really strange had like a funky beat to it and but it was like it sort of i like the direction it was going in because i was i I just it felt like one of those things where you're trying to create something that doesn't like making guitars not sound like guitars at all and making Mm -hmm. keys not sound like keys so you're trying to like tamper with the natural sound of things and that felt like the the idea of that felt like something kind of futuristic and i guess that's where the name came from but didn't end up doing anything with that song um just ended up liking the name enough to 
think, hey, that, well, you know, the fact that I don't hate that, you know, like a year <laughs> after coming up with it. And at some point there might you know? be some, like, anthem, like the song might come back. And be like, you never know. It might, <laughs> it might sneak up in, like, a bonus track one day, you know. Well, very cool. Well, let's hear another track from Future Elevators. This is It Is What It Is. for having us man we're so close to tacos though tacos i probably do better on this thing delirious than like you know <laughs> we break down your barriers you know about it too much yeah we'll caffeinate you and like uh make you do a fast mm-hmm. yeah and that's how that's how we that's how we function at spice spice rack studios we're <laughs> under duress here. all our interviews i'm definitely starting to hear color <laughs> <laughs> awesome the the perfect headspace for recording 
But uh, we're back again. That was this is a uh, future elevators. That was it is what it is off their first title track CD, which you can get on the interwebs and all those fun places and on Spotify and all that cool stuff. Or if you're in the UK, you've already heard it. So <laughs> that's that's awesome. But I wanted to ask you. I ask a lot of uh, bands about their first like live experiences gigging because there's always something something special about the first gig that you play with a band that always goes terribly wrong. <laughs> somehow amazing yeah there there's always something you know and it, that really b- extends beyond the first gig there's always going to be something that goes <laughs> for this band behind the scenes, okay you know? okay um but you know you just kind of roll with it um uh, no i would say the first show was was pretty interesting we had um been practicing with a drummer for a while i'm mm-hmm. not mentioning names but uh you know things were not gelling perfectly well and um but you know i think it was maybe a weird blessing in disguise that we, you know, decide we were going to try to figure out another solution about a week before our first scheduled show. So as we were practicing without a drummer, we met, you know, the guy that came in and started playing with us more frequently, John Mark. And, uh, he was one of those guys like Bobby that showed up and knew the entire record perfectly before we even hit the first note together. (laughs) You know, just did his homework. Super professional, super guy, uh, super nice guy, super guy also, by the way. But um, <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, uh, we get to Marty's, and you know, it's the five of us, and they don't have like a, a an awesome PA at that point in time. Even though I think they've upgraded that situation since then, but it was a really good show. Like super late. You know, I mean, Marty's is a late night crowd, Uh so it's like built in. Everybody goes there because the other bars are closing down. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it was a huge crowd. Everybody's enthusiastic, and and we had a great time. Um, You know, I don't think anything went too crazy wrong, surprisingly, other than like that last minute hustle in the band member lineup, you know? Yeah, that's always uh, Um, hair raising, I guess. But, you know, uh, it wasn't like crazy feedback in your ears or anything like you would expect. (laughs) That's a good. Um, that's a good first gig story. The, uh, I'm glad you had a positive one. The my my first live experience, my first gig ever. I I fell flat on my ass <laughs> on stage in front of everybody. And uh, did you slip or did you just fall or? I was um, so I was sitting down because I was I was actually playing pedal steel in this in this country uh, project just a, a while a long time ago and I and I. And I look back to grab something out of out of my bag. Can't remember what. Um, and I just reach back too far, I guess. And the uh, the chair just came out. Did the pedal me. still go with you, or the pedal still did not go with? Oh, me, that's thankfully. <laughs> at least you got but that going. On. I was I was definitely definitely on my back, feet in the air, just. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, oh, wow. I think that's really good for a musician, though, because then every skin. time afterwards, like, ah, I dropped my pick and I couldn't, like, I squabbled around for five minutes trying to yeah. find it on stage. But you, I, at least your chair, like, didn't flip I'm, over. I'm, and... I'm really glad. That, I'm really glad that my that my legs didn't take out the pedals to it because it's, it's yeah. a pretty, pretty expensive piece of equipment. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, so we got lucky with the, the Future Elevators first show. <laughs> right. Like, our first Personals. shows ever. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much. Yeah. And I, I remember mine. I got on the stage with, uh, without a tuner, and Uh-oh. was just you know I I tuned before the set, so I figured surely I'll be fine. <laughs> By like song three, some guy walks up. Oh, and no. like, Yells at me from the, like audience. He's like, "Tune that damn guitar!" <laughs> and I was like, "Huh?" 
<laughs> like, uh, okay. No, I, I, I do need a week ago, man. Come you on. Know, you know, and then with that, without being able to bypass the like tuner on, you know, <laughs> it's just like, you know, like plucking. It was brutal. And, you know, I got my ass chewed out. Like, don't ever get on the stage again without a tuner. Learn my lesson. I've had, but, I've had like drunk people like step on my pedals and stuff. Oh, like, no. That's, that's oh, man. Like, like, I looked at the dude, I was like, don't do yeah, that again. Yeah, right. He'll like on purpose? Were they not. just like staring you in the eye and trying to step there, on them? It was like a, I can't remember what I was playing. I think I was playing like a fraternity party or something. Oh, okay. Hey, man, let me play your guitar. You know, hey, man. Dude, oh, no, I can't stand of, that one. A bunch of drunk frat boys, and one of them thought it'd be cool to like just. Here, let me pedals. mute you or turn on your he distortion. Played, he or like turned on my yeah, like a, it was like a blues driver or something. <laughs> Dude, don't don't. Oh, that's the special one when they come up and be like, "Hey, let me just let me sing some Jimmy Buffett real quick. Like, just get let, give me. I'm really drunk, but let me yeah, hold your his, all your equipment that his, you do your livelihood yeah. with, and uh, his, I'll his, take good care of it. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm sure his I'm sure his 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 girl that he was hitting on at the time was. Got a kick out of it. Yeah, blown probably, away by that machismo. Two, she probably had two first names. <laughs> Anna, Anna Beth. You'll never forget that guy. <laughs> that one jerk at that concert. Yeah. It's like after they requested Freebird. <laughs> oh, yeah. After they requested You have that, to have contingencies we, we built for that. Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys for coming in and talking to us and uh, doing some live recording. We forgot to mention that we did some... Some cool live recordings, which you'll hear on Spice Radio, and you'll hear Alabama Song coming up at the end here. You guys want to talk about Alabama Song, and uh, before people hear it with their ears? Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a yeah a delicate little folk piece, I guess. You know, it has a very like Dixie sound to it. I think with the melody, but it's and it's it's kind of multi layered. It's talking about you know. Uh, everything being okay in this one moment, you know, and uh, holding on to that and, you know, a, a person being your home instead of a place, you know. Um, at the same time, you know, it's got, you know, it's called Alabama Song because it's it's a, about a blatant ignorance that can happen sometimes of, like, you know, just being living in a stereotypical situation mm-hmm. here in the South and people might be, like, not as open-minded about things as they should be, you know. But uh, that's hidden in there, a little Easter egg. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's just really about, uh, you know, somebody you care about and that being, you know, the most important thing. You know? Well, I know you pulled some like acoustic stuff out for this, for this recording here today. Uh, did any of it surprise you about like some of your songs? Did you uh, notice anything about your songs playing them acoustic for... Uh, yeah, actually, well, you know, normally we've been playing the live stuff, you know, with full-on electrics and everything, yeah. so, uh, I, I noticed that a little out of practice, no, that's <laughs> <laughs> on the acoustic anyways, um, uh, yeah, but th- there's some... Not-